and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, really. The best way to describe this person is by everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, I'm excited at Eric Delala because it's one of my favorite days of the year. We found out the schedule yesterday, Phil. We're pumped up about it. Yes, this is a big episode of The Neutral Zone because nobody loves the schedule release more than Eric Delala. I'm probably a close number two, maybe, Eric. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I would describe you as a number two. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, we've got the Broncos schedule here. I'm sure that fans have had a little bit of time to digest this thing. So we'll go through it. We'll go through our biggest takeaways here. Uh, Some positives, some negatives, in my opinion here, Eric. But uh, we'll take you through the entire schedule and uh, talk about the biggest things that stood out to us. So uh, a pretty good episode here of the neutral zone. Uh, Would love to hear uh, your thoughts. Maybe if you wanted to leave a voicemail, we could play that next week on the episode of the neutral zone uh, to do that. It's 707 neutral. Then you can leave a voicemail. We'll play it right here on the show. Eric, there's some other ways to do it too, right? Yeah, Phil, you could uh, leave an email, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com, or you could reach out to us on Twitter at Eric Delala with an A at Phil Milani with a PH. How would you kind of characterize those spellings, Phil? Um, non-traditional is what I would say. Yeah, I think that. That's you know, Tom, Tom Agnetti, uh, one of our uh, most loyal listeners, he's been pretty good about reaching out to us on Twitter. Uh, he loves to listen to the neutral zone. He has some questions about Aaron Rodgers that uh, he wanted us to address, Eric, but I think maybe we saved that for another episode. Yeah, I think that that's fair, Phil. Um, Another one of our listeners, Brandon Walker, he also reached out via Twitter. He said, I've had your message alerts on since the draft. You and Phil have the best tweets ever. (laughs) That's very Very nice. nice. Very nice, Brandon. Very nice. Yeah. So these are all the ways that you can get in touch with the show. You could also just, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below here. And while you're there, Eric, they should do something else too, right? Uh, probably subscribe if yeah. I were them. How would you do that? How would you subscribe? Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. Exactly. Exactly, Eric. So those are all the ways to get in uh, touch with the show and be involved because we want this to be an interactive show. That's the purpose here. But Eric, let's just uh, dive into uh, our initial takeaways from the schedule. What really stood out to you? Yeah, a few things, Phil. Um, I think first, a, a more palatable start this year than in previous years. Uh, the Broncos 0-7 in September under Vic Fangio so far. Obviously, they got off to that 0-4 start in 2019, 0-3 in 2020. They've got to get out to a better start, Phil, uh, this year to have a chance at making the playoffs, and it's certainly doable. You know, you've got uh, at the New York Giants to start, at the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 2, and then home against the New York Jets. It's certainly never easy, Phil, to play back-to-back East Coast games, but those are teams that had high draft picks. Uh, The Jaguars and Jets could both feature rookie quarterbacks, and we know that Vic Fangio defensives have a really good track record against rookies. Uh, So that stands out to me as a a potential opportunity, Phil, to start the season 3-0 and and really get off on a good start uh, as you try to make the playoffs for the first time in several years. Yeah, 
Oh, maybe a little bit later on in this episode, we'll go through a uh, game by game and be like, win, loss, win, loss. You know, that's what fans like to do when they get the schedule. Um, I, I agree, Eric. It's going to be unusual to start out on the road back-to-back games uh, for the season. You know, first time in a long time the Broncos uh, will be doing that. And kind of a bummer if uh, fans are going to be allowed back uh, into Empower Field. Uh, it's going to be a bummer that they're going to have to wait until week three. That's September 26th, but uh, an exciting start to the home uh, the home schedule, getting to see the number two overall pick. So. Yeah, you mentioned it's been a while. 2003 was the last time that the Broncos opened up uh, back-to-back games on the road, and it's only happened twice since the 1970 merger, so very uncommon. Um, but, hey, you know, you get two of your road games out of the way early, and then you get to have have kind of a back-loaded home schedule. Um, Phil, another thing that stands out to me talking about being backloaded after the bye, the Broncos have seven games. Five of those games are against division opponents. They're going to play the Chargers twice, the Chiefs twice, and the Raiders, all from week 12 through week 18. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs and Chargers and Raiders schedules will kind of impact this too, but the division race could really come together late in the year. Uh, that's when the games matter. You'd like to hope that the Broncos are a little bit healthier and are able to kind of be ready for that stretch. But so that the playoff race is really going to be decided, I think, after that bye week as you go against those division foes. Broncos haven't been good enough in recent years against their division. Haven't, I don't think, had a winning record in the division since 2015. They need to get back to that probably or at least at least split in the division in order to, to make a run at the playoffs. I mean, uh, in all reality, you hope that the division race is still in the mix, you know, at that point in the season. I was going to say, Erica, there's only one other point during the schedule that the Broncos have back-to-back road games. That's week 16 and week 17, both division games. Uh, And they wrap up the season with three division games. So uh, that's going to be a a crucial stretch for the Broncos there. Uh, The the biggest thing that stood out to me, Eric, just when you look at the whole schedule is – one primetime game for the Broncos, and that is the mandated Thursday night football game. And uh, I guess that is just the reality of, uh, you know, what what happens when you have a, a bunch of losing seasons here in a row and all of a sudden you're not on primetime as much. And uh, the bummer of it to me, Eric, is no Monday night football games for the Broncos. That is going to snap a 29 consecutive season streak for the Broncos that had been an NFL best. And now uh, they will not be on Monday Night Football this season, at least according to this game. Yeah, and the flex scheduling for Monday Night Football doesn't happen until next year. So really, for the Broncos to play more primetime games, they've got to get shifted to Sunday Night Football, uh, you know, which could be a possibility if they're playing well late in the year. You know, maybe that game against the Chargers in Week 12 or against the Chiefs in Week 13 or certainly kind of down the stretch, any of those could be appealing. And I believe, Phil... In week 18, the league has the right to move two games to, to Saturday uh, in that primetime spot. So uh, it might not be the only time that the Broncos are in primetime, but certainly for now, uh, it does look kind of bleak. You've only got that week seven Thursday night game against the Browns. And it's, it's somewhat surprising, Phil, just because even in the stretch of this losing streak, the Broncos played on Sunday night football last year for the first time, I believe since 2017. They've had Monday Night Football games, a lot of times being the opener, but there have been other uh, times, I think back to 
Brock Osweiler come in here with the Texans on Monday night football. And certainly has happened a couple other times as well. So it, it just is surprising with the fan base that the Broncos have with as storied a franchise as it is, that there aren't more primetime games for this team. Uh, and listen, I, I thought if there were some primetime games, maybe they would have been early in the season, just so you can could have kind of ensured that the Broncos were still in the mix. But uh, taking away that second Monday night football game in week one likely hurt the Broncos' chances of, of getting a Monday night game. Yeah, they had played on that uh, uh, back end of the doubleheader on Monday Night Football to open the season uh, uh, several times here recently. But yeah, Eric, just a, a bummer. I mean, that streak had started in 1992 and uh, led all the way up until last season when the Broncos opened the, with the Titans. So uh, yeah, just sort of a disappointing. You would have thought that maybe they would have, uh, you know, like you mentioned with the fan base, they would do good ratings, but uh, I guess that is not the case. And, um, you know, uh, I, I don't really know how else to explain it. They were on Sunday Night Football last year, and they gave the Chiefs a really good, uh, tough matchup that went all the way down to the end. And so, uh, you know, I would have thought maybe at least one Monday Night Football game, maybe a, a couple of Sunday Night Football games, but uh, maybe I'm just uh, living in the bubble, I guess. huh? Well, I just think that there's a lot of uncertainty about this team. Uh, you don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to start, if Drew Locke is going to start. And even no matter who starts, you don't know what type of quarterback play you're going to get. I do think if the Broncos prove to be in the playoff mix, they certainly could be in contention to have a game flexed late in the year. There's no question in my mind that, you know, if they do jump out to a good start and, and have a winning record after the bye week and, and one of those Chargers or Chiefs games really means something, I could see the league flexing that. But there's so many young stars in the game right now, particularly at the quarterback position. I mean, you think about Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, just from this draft, Mac Jones, I'm sure the league wants to feature those guys. And then you think of other young quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, um, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on. And the Broncos don't have star power necessarily right now at the game's most important position. And so you've got to either have that or you've got to prove that you can win these games and be a competitive team. Hopefully the Broncos prove that this year and next year get some more primetime games. But Phil, you can have no primetime games. I'd rather trade a bucket full of primetime games to just get back in the playoffs, you know? Yes, it would be nice that uh, down the stretch there, those division games really matter and you could be in the mix and really breaking down, uh, you know, what a win or a loss would do. I think that's all that really matters. And uh, Eric, I think the schedule kind of uh, sits out nicely for the Broncos here uh, to be in that position. Uh, you mentioned uh, starting with the Giants and Jags. Uh, those are teams that, uh, you know, didn't fare so well last season and the, the Jets too after that. Of course, the Broncos are playing the last place schedule. So uh, you would hope that this thing would sort of stack up nicely here. Uh, the Broncos get a late bye week, which is also good. Uh, that's week 11, late in November. That's the time of the season where some of those bumps and bruises start to pile up. So uh, a late bye week is nice. And uh, I think it stacks up nicely for the Broncos that there's no crazy stretch of games where you're just like, how, how are you going to get through this and, and survive it? Yeah, you know, you talk about last year when you looked at the beginning of the schedule and you saw Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Tampa, 
And I don't think at that point we really even knew how good Tampa would be at that point. But I mean, that was a stretch you looked at and you said this could define your season. And in a lot of ways it did. And then you looked at that stretch, you know, where the Broncos played the Raiders and then they had games against the Saints and the Chiefs. And you looked at that again as a really tough, critical stretch. And the Broncos didn't fare well in any of those games. Um, And you're right. When you look at the schedule this year, I don't see a three game stretch, a four game stretch where I'm like, man, it's going to be tough for the Broncos to get any of these. And really the key, you know, obviously you're playing the same opponents. You're going to face them at some point. So I don't know how much it truly matters, but I think there's something to the psyche of a team when, you know, you can avoid going on a three game losing streak or a two game losing streak. Um, You know, God forbid it's longer than that, but uh, when you're trying to be in the playoff hunt, you know, if you can jump out to that early, you know, three and O record. And then even if you suffer a loss, like, Hey, can we bounce back and get back in the win column and just keep the thing on the tracks long enough to really build up some confidence, build up some momentum. And then late in the year, kind of make a surge against your division opponents. That's important to me. And, and listen, it's not like there won't be tough games in here. I mean, going to Cleveland on Thursday night on a short week, tough game playing the Ravens and Steelers back to back. That could be tough playing the Raiders chargers and chiefs to end the year. Another tough stretch, but none of those to me stand out as kind of the impossible stretches that we saw from a year ago. Yeah, three, four-game losing streaks really just make it impossible for you to get back. (laughs) At least for the Broncos, that tough stretch is the final three games of the season. So at least you'd hope to be in the mix there. One interesting thing is that other than the Giants, who they start with, their other three matchups with the NFC East all come in a row right before the bye week. They got week eight. Washington at home, then week nine at Dallas, and then week 10 back home against the Eagles. That's sort of an an interesting uh, little stretch there before the bye. But yeah, Eric, nothing that's like seems like really too terrible where you're like, how how are they going to just win one of these? Right. And another thing to point out too, Phil, is after week eight, when they host the Washington football team, they've just got two games left out of their final nine against playoff teams from last year. And those are both against the Chiefs. So it's not like we don't expect the Chargers to be improved because Justin Herbert obviously played well last year. And it's not like we don't expect um, a team like the Eagles or Cowboys to be improved. But they weren't in the playoffs last year. And so if you're just looking at the schedule and thinking, hey, we want to make this run, um, it's not like you're backloaded with a bunch of playoff teams. And, And really the schedule sets up pretty nicely in general, just five playoff teams on the Broncos schedule, six teams when you count the two against the Chiefs. And so, I mean, we'll go through the schedule, Phil, but uh, I think that this, you know, it's not necessarily, um, it doesn't have the excitement or the star power that primetime games would give it, but I do think it sets up really well for the Broncos, probably better than their schedule for the last couple of years have. It sets up well to give them a chance to make a run at the playoffs. A couple of other uh, takeaways here, and then we'll get into the week by week here, uh, Eric. But, you know, uh, you mentioned last year's schedule. The Broncos had a brutal stretch of travel, you know, where they were playing at New York on a Thursday night. uh, And then they had, you know, before that, they're playing the the Steelers. They had to go to New England. They had to go to Carolina. You know, a lot of brutal travel. And obviously travel in the NFL is not as bad as it is in some other sports, but sometimes it can take a toll, you know, when you've got back-to-back East Coast 
trips like that. Nothing too bad other than that. Uh, the first two games of the season where you're back to back on the East Coast, but aside from that, nothing too terrible where you're you're you know, traveling traveling across the country. No, nothing too bad, and you know you get to be home before you go play Pittsburgh and you get to be home before you travel on Thursday night, which is always nice. Um, you get to be home before you go to Kansas city. Like th- those are all nice things that I think add up and you, you will look more Phil as we get closer to these games at kind of what is the opponent's rest like, because certainly last year, the Broncos had some unfortunate breaks where, you know, a lot of teams had their bye weeks before they played the Broncos or played Thursday night football before they played the Broncos. And, Hopefully it doesn't shake out that way this year. Um, really, the only the only stretch you kind of maybe worry about from a travel perspective is just the physical toll it'll take to play it to play the Raiders in Week 16. Come back or excuse me, continue to go out on the road to play the Chargers on January 2nd, and then you know the task that's waiting you waiting for you at home against the Chiefs to finish the season. So. You're going to have to be tough at that point. We know Vic Fangio likes to say you have to be calloused as a football player. I would think at that point, you're probably calloused enough. You've reached the, the point where you you know what to expect. Um, and even then, Phil, it's nice to have, you know, I'm not calling the Lions and the Bengals slouches by any means, but it's nice that before you finish up with those three division teams, you do get to play a couple of teams that were picking in the top five or six, seven picks in this draft. And every year, there's always a couple of teams that are, much better than you expected. And then there's a couple of teams that are much worse than you expected. But the only way to really go through the schedule is based off of what the team did last year and then the free agent moves and, you know, the changes to their roster. So that's all we have to go off of. But obviously, some of these teams might really surprise us uh, for the better or for the worse. So uh, always got to keep that in mind. But Eric, one of the positives of playing the Chiefs, the final game of the season, and it pains me to say this, but they might have things wrapped up at that point where maybe you're not facing Mahomes in that final game, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. The, certainly the the one playoff by, I think, makes that a little bit less likely. But when you add an 18th game, you know, maybe that that takes some of it away. Maybe the, the Chiefs are sitting there at, you know, 15 and two, and they it doesn't matter if they win or lose um, or maybe they're scoreboard watching or something. I would certainly feel rather no matter what it is, I'd rather close with the Chiefs at home than have to travel there. Yeah, yeah. And they do have a, a December game in Kansas City, and we know that uh, the Broncos uh, have not had a lot of success uh, in December in Kansas City, uh, just to keep that in mind. Uh, one, uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on was that, you know, I know our friends in Broncos Europe were maybe holding out hope that that game at Jacksonville could have been a Europe game, but uh, uh, doesn't uh, appear to be the case there. Broncos maybe trying to get back to Europe at some point sometime soon. Yeah, and I believe the Broncos are scheduled to play at Jacksonville again next year. Um, and maybe that's a better situation anyway. We don't know, you know, only two London games. We don't know what the COVID protocols look like for the season. We know everyone's planning on having or hoping to have a full capacity at stadiums in the U.S., but I think whenever you go to London, Phil, you want to be able to have the full experience. You want to have the fan events during the week. You want to have a packed stadium, uh, you know, whether it's at Wembley or wherever else. And so if the Broncos go, I I think you want to do this right. And a good thing to note, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, but a team will have an international game at least once every eight years. And so 
the Broncos sooner or later. I don't know if it'll be London or Mexico City or Germany or wherever else, but they will be getting away from the U.S. to to play for their fans abroad. So uh, sooner or later, sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and one one other thing, just the holidays here. The Broncos will be at home for Thanksgiving, uh, facing the Chargers, and then uh, the day after Christmas at the Raiders. So you you get one and you lose one. And New Year's on the road at uh, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on uh, January second. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Eric, any other big takeaways here, or do you, are you ready to go line by line? Well, one more, one more uh, thing to kind of keep an eye on. Um, October thirty first, and maybe we'll talk about this more in a second. But something that we will have uh, Mike Shanahan going into the Ring of Fame. We expect Pete Manning to probably go into the Ring of Fame. Uh, Steve Atwater, uh, Peyton Manning, and John Lynch, you know, will all get their Hall of Fame rings at some point. And uh, so that's always a fun thing. The Broncos delayed that for a year with Steve and Mike Shanahan to make sure it could be done in front of fans. I'll be interested to see kind of when that's announced and which home games those are. Maybe Washington makes sense for a Mike Shanahan, Phil? Uh, I think so. That would be kind of a... a a nice little tie in there, uh, or maybe like a, a, the Raiders game. Uh, when do they play the Raiders at home? Yeah, October 17th. That could be a nice, you know, he always had that kind of a nice, a little, uh, <laughs> you know, ticket to them. So, yeah, yeah, but uh, nice to hopefully have fans back in the stands and then uh, be able to celebrate some of the uh tradition and uh, the history here with some of those uh, great players, and of course, Mike Shanahan, too. So uh, hoping for a great season here in front of uh, Broncos country. Eric, let's do what fans do when they get the huh. schedule and they go line by line, win or loss, and then maybe we could have some record predictions or something like that. But uh, let's start out with uh, at the Giants. Yeah, Phil, I think the Broncos open up the season with a win here. Uh, maybe not quite as easy of a game as some fans might think based on the Giants' 6-10 and 10 record. They do have some Really good receivers out there. Kenny Galladay is out there now. Um, Evan Ingram at tight end. Obviously, we know how good Saquon Barkley is at running back. So it'll be a tough test. But I like, you know, we'll see who starts for the Broncos at quarterback. And I think going through this whole projection, one thing to say is I'm kind of assuming um, slightly improved quarterback play from a year ago. Maybe not MVP caliber football, Phil, but slightly improved play from a year ago. And that's kind of how I'm basing these projections. So not, not necessarily a gimme, but I do like the Broncos ability to, to go out there and get an opening win. Yeah. I mean, regardless of one way or the other, you're expecting some sort of boost at some point at the quarterback position. I mean, either Drew in his third year is going to play at a, at a slightly higher level or Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in because Drew's not doing that. Or or Teddy Bridgewater is going to win that job, and it's because he's playing at a higher level. So one way or the other, you're expecting slightly improved play there. Eric, I'm going to go ahead and give a W there for the Broncos as well, just because you know one of the things that happened last year was no offseason program. That offense only had a couple of weeks to get ready. Uh, to play and it, it took a little bit of time for that offense to come together and it, you, you know you might even argue that it never really fully was clicking on all cylinders at any point in the season maybe a couple games here or there but usually it takes the offense longer to get running on all cylinders than the defense and uh, that's what I think we're going to have to pay attention to is how quickly can this defense particularly the, the secondary which has been revamped 
how can they all come together and get on the same page here? I think the defense will, that happens a little bit faster than the offensive side of the ball. And I think, uh, you know, going back, facing the Giants, Pat Shermer's old team, uh, there's a lot of interesting little nuggets there uh, facing the Giants. And uh, I think that uh, that'll be a win for the Broncos. And of course, Eric, that's September 12th. That is uh, the day after the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Right. And of course, the Broncos played the Giants, I believe here in Denver, Phil, right? The, the day before 9-11. Um, just a, obviously a terrible, terrible time in our country's history. So that game is also kind of remembered in Broncos history. Ed McCaffrey suffered a terrible leg injury that day. But um, yeah, it is kind of a, a nice, I don't know if you call it a nice parallel, but certainly for the Broncos and, and Giants to play 20 years later um, will be a storyline going into that game. And I'm sure for the 20th anniversary, the Giants will have some stuff playing. I mean, just, just assuming there, but uh, uh, probably a, a, some sort of a ceremony or something that the start of that game so uh something to uh watch out for there eric uh week number two at jacksonville yeah phil i like this slot for the broncos to play the jaguars because i do think by the end of the year they could put some things together i think trevor lawrence is going to be a really good quarterback but i think you're catching them at a good time you know just two weeks into the nfl we'll have to get used to that game speed um Vic Fangio's record against rookie quarterbacks has been really good. Um, and so I think the Broncos' chances of getting a win there are good, too. I almost like that, the chances of them getting a win in week two more than week one, just because I do think there are some more veteran pieces in New York. Um, maybe Tim Tebow pulls out a miracle for the Jaguars, but barring that, like you said before, Broncos' defense will probably gel pretty quickly and for Trevor Lawrence to have to face that unit in week two, I, I could see kind of a game feel like the last time the Broncos played in Jacksonville when the Broncos defense just completely dominated. I believe Bradley Roby had a pick six. Um, you know, Paxton Lynch didn't play great football by any means, but the Broncos defense did enough to get things done. I, I could see kind of a similar path here in week two. And I like the Broncos chances of going two and oh, but Phil, and I'll let you make your pick here in just one second. I, these two games are so critical because we talk about, you know, you're playing teams that picked high in the draft. You're playing teams that had losing records last year. Great chance to get off to a good start. If the Broncos stumble to a 1-2 and two record or an 0-3 record, you know, I, I probably wouldn't even be throwing a 2-1, to be honest with you. It's going to be hard to overcome that later in the year because these are the teams you just have to beat if you're a playoff team. Playoff teams beat teams that you're supposed to be in. And these are three of them. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, uh, the, the, this is a must win in my opinion. I mean, you're facing a rookie quarterback, although it is Trevor Lawrence. So you're not quite sure what to expect from him there, but urban Meyer, first time head coach uh, going against a, a, a seasoned vet in Vic Fangio there. You would think that the edge would be uh, uh, on the Broncos side for this one. So I'll give them a W. Of course, if Tim Tebow does end up making the roster there in Jacksonville, that is going to be that week is going to be crazy going up uh, against Tim Tebow there. So uh, I will give that a W. And Eric, for the Broncos, considering everything that's happened the last couple of years here, if they could start out on the road back to back games with two wins, I mean, you would be riding sky high, in my opinion. So uh, 
uh, I think that uh, I'll, I'll give them the W two and uh, say two and zero coming back home. The home opener against the Jets. Yeah, I think two and zero. Yeah, maybe you're due for a letdown game against most teams, but I think you know if Drew's playing better or the veteran presence of Teddy Bridgewater, I think prevents that. I think the Broncos defense again is going to really help them against a rookie quarterback if Zach Wilson is playing by that point. And you know, it sounds like they want Zach Wilson to play, so I would expect him to be out there. Um, I just think that's asking a lot for a young quarterback um, who's probably still getting used to the offense. That team is still building. Um, this could be maybe the Broncos' most convincing win of the season anywhere on their schedule. I, I just think coming back home, first time that a power field at Mile High is going to be packed. I mean, hopefully, knock on wood, that that's the case. But I think there's going to be so much energy in that stadium and that you ride that to a win. I, I agree, too. And a, another first-time head coach in Robert Salah there. Uh, with the Jets. So uh, I, I give them the W there too. And uh, if that's happening, Eric, I think that that means the Broncos are uh, doing what we expect. They're playing really solid defense They're getting after the quarterback. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they're getting the ball in their playmakers hands. You know, Cortland Sutton is back feeling healthy and uh, you're riding high there. You got the running game rolling. And I think, uh, yeah, back home for the first time uh, in a, in a crazy atmosphere for Zach Wilson to come in. Uh, I, I think that's a Broncos win too. But then the competition level uh, goes up a notch here with a couple of playoff teams coming up with uh, the Ravens in week four at home. Yeah, and you know, those first three weeks, Phil, I think the quarterback play just can't kill you. I, I think even average quarterback play, avoiding mistakes, that's going to be enough to get some of these wins. I think when you move to a team like the Baltimore Ravens, you've got to get a little bit elevated play. You know, it can't just be league average you got to go out and win the game this is a tough one for me to predict phil because i do actually like the broncos chances in this i think that vic fangio's defense he'll have them ready to face lamar jackson i think some teams maybe figured things out a little bit against lamar last year that makes this maybe more palatable of a matchup than it was a couple of years ago um but i just think maybe you're asking a lot to start four and oh this still is a young offense. I could see the team maybe struggling against a defense that's been pretty good. Um, so I'll, I'll pencil in the first loss of the year here uh, to the Ravens. But this, to me, is, is really close. I could, I could see this one going either way. Uh, I'm with you there, Eric, too. You know, sometimes when I go through the schedule, uh, I'm like, okay, well, this would be, like, too good to be true. So, like, you just, you just want to make sure that you're kind of, like, balancing things out. Not necessarily that this is going to be a loss, but – I think that four games into the season to say four and zero is like a little bit too much. So I'll just say I'll take three and one and be happy after four games. So not necessarily speaking too much to the, just the matchup, but just at this point in the year, uh, asking the Broncos to be four and zero would just be a lot. So I'll say three and one. Uh, you're talking about a, a, a veteran team there with the Ravens, a team that's been through a playoff grind, and uh, a team that probably is uh, not phased too much by going on the road and, and that type of thing. So uh, I'll say the Broncos are three and one through four games, and then they go on the road for uh, another matchup in Pittsburgh. Yeah. No, another tough one, Phil, obviously we, we saw the Broncos go toe to toe with Pittsburgh last year with a backup quarterback. This game to me just really hinges on what do you get from Ben Roethlisberger and what Steelers team do you see? Is this the team that started 11 and 0 and played really good football last year? Or is this the team that really struggled down the stretch and got absolutely blitzed by a Browns team that didn't even have its head coach for the playoff game? I mean, 
if it's that Steelers team that we saw in the second half of the year, I think the Broncos win this game. Uh, I just suspect that maybe early in the year, Ben Roethlisberger is still playing well. It's still warm. He's not dealing with kind of the, the cold weather that maybe impacts older quarterbacks. Again, Heinz Field is rocking. That's a tough place to win. So I think that this could be another loss for the Broncos. Mm, I, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go W here uh, for the Broncos. Uh, I think that uh, uh, suffering their first loss against the Ravens, I think they bounce back the next week. And uh, I think that uh, I don't know what to make of the Steelers. Uh, I, I'm with you. You know, like uh, last year was such a, a strange year in general for them, and you know, it seems like maybe things aren't clean I guess is one way to put it you know where you're just like feel like this is a team on the rise it's sort of like a team that's saying hey let's just try and go after it and make one more push with this uh veteran quarterback that we have and I I don't know if that that usually works or not but uh I'm going to say just like having the experience of going to Pittsburgh too last year although there weren't fans there but just you know you're familiar with the building you you know you know what to expect a little bit I'm going to go with a, a win there for the Broncos. Yeah, I think something to note, too, as we talk about these road matchups, if Teddy Bridgewater is the guy, he's played in high-pressure situations before. You know, he's played in these big road games and won them. So that's something, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that quarterback position in that battle. But if it is Teddy Bridgewater, I think maybe your chances of winning some of these road games increase just because of his, you know, experience. Yeah, I mean, I... That's true, but and then I guess if you if you want to consider that, then you'd say, well, maybe Teddy's the guy then if he's going to give you a better chance to win. But uh, you're just not sure. You know, Drew did go into Pittsburgh and, and played what a series and a half there, so at least he uh, you know is familiar with the operations there and stuff like that. So Drew's got to stay healthy too. I mean, that's just a that's just a crucial thing that he can't be getting hurt if he is the guy and the Broncos are are behind him 100. percent after winning a, a quarterback battle, then he's got to stay healthy. Yep. Uh, Eric, then week six, the Broncos back home against the rival Raiders. Yeah, I mean, for me, Phil, you start 3-0. and I've got them losing the next two. This is really critical, especially with a, a tough Thursday night game coming up. This, to me, is an early must-win just to kind of keep things on the rails so that you don't have a three-game, four-game losing streak. Um, I do think they get it done. I think the Broncos win this game at home. They've been really successful against the Raiders at home the last few years. Obviously, last year, kind of notwithstanding with that late two-point conversion. But when the Broncos have had something to play for against Oakland or Las Vegas at home, they've done well. Um, And I just think the Broncos roster is more talented than the Raiders roster. I mean, they've both had high draft picks the last few years, but I think the Broncos have done a better job finding talent um Raiders draft grades this year were not necessarily impressive they didn't get a lot of production out of their rookie class from a year ago um and then I just think I do believe that you know even at a slightly improved level I think Drew Locke can outplay Derek Carr I think he can I think Teddy Bridgewater can outplay Derek Carr and so I think you come home uh first game against the Raiders again since since fans are back in hopefully there's emotion in that building. Uh, I think they are able to get a, a win against the Raiders and, and improve to four and two in my uh, prediction. I like the Broncos too. I mean, uh, they always play the Raiders tough at home. Uh, they should have won that game last year. I think that the Broncos are significantly better this year than they were last year. And the Raiders maybe stay, stayed at the same level uh, 
you know, uh, if that. So I think that's a win for the Broncos. So I got them at uh, I got them at five and one at this point. But we're now, going to the Super Bowl, Phil. Well, now I think things are going to get a little bit different, uh, just from my perspective. I think this is going to be a tough middle of the season stretch here for the Broncos. They're one and only primetime game. Uh, a quick turnaround on the road at Cleveland. Yeah, that's this is a, a tough one. I think Cleveland's going to challenge Kansas City um, as one of the better teams in the AFC. They were really just a couple of plays away from beating Kansas City last year in the divisional round. I think they're going to win that division and be right in this thing the whole way. Um, and plus, then you add in the factor of Thursday night going on the road. That always really hurts the visiting team. Um, I think the Browns win this one, and maybe it's a little bit of a comeback to earth moment. I could see it getting a little ugly. I got the Browns too. I mean, they revamped that defense. They bring in Jadavian Clowney. I think that that pass rush is going to be maybe the best in the NFL next season uh, with Miles Garrett. I, I I think that you know Baker Mayfield has been as advertised so far throughout his career on the road, short week. Uh, against one of the better teams in the AFC. So uh, I think that's a loss for the Broncos. And then uh, they come back home week eight on Halloween to host the the Washington football team, a team that made the playoffs last year. Yeah, and I've got kind of a bad feeling about this one, Phil. They've got a really good defense, really good pass rusher and Chase Young, obviously. The Broncos have some questions at right tackle. Um, Washington makes plays defensively. And we know, you know, we assume it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback for them. We know he can play well enough to keep you in a game. This feels like one of those games to me, Phil, where you make one too many mistakes and you just kind of lament your ability to not win it. And it kind of comes back to bite you. Um, I think the Broncos lose a close one to Washington. I agree. I agree there, too. I mean, Fitzpatrick uh, came in and almost beat the Broncos uh, last year uh, coming in uh, late. Uh, with uh, with Miami, so uh, he's familiar with playing in Denver, uh, and that Washington football team is a, a little bit better than I think most people sort of feel or think, and that NFC East is going to be a, one heck of a division, uh, in my opinion, next season, so uh, I got that as a loss as well for the Broncos, and now you've reached that point in the season where you're like, okay, like you need a win here, uh, I got the Broncos, I have them at, uh, let's see, I got them at five and three. You have them at four and four at this point, halfway through the season, Eric. And then they go on the road in one of the uh, loudest environments in the NFL at Dallas. Yeah, and I actually, I like the Broncos in this one. You know, I think, Phil, you know me. I always like when the, when the offense is strength. I like when strength match up with strengths as opposed to maybe seeing one team's strength match up with another team's weakness. The, Bron- the Cowboys passing attack is their strength. And the Broncos secondary is going to be its strength. Whereas, you know, you look at Washington's strength is its defense and maybe the Broncos offense is its weakness at this point. I think the Broncos can go in. I think they can contain Dak Prescott well enough. Um, We've seen them play well against the run and Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, the last time the Broncos played Dallas, Dak and Zeke was in 2017. Everybody thought the Cowboys were going to come in and and beat up on the Broncos. Denver won 42-17, I think, punctuated by that. A keep to lead pick six, but I just don't. I don't think Dallas's defense is where it needs to be yet, and so I think the Broncos go steal one on the road at Jerry World. 
the Cowboys did pick up uh, Micah Parsons in the first round. That's a guy who uh, a lot of people had rumored maybe to the Broncos. Uh, I certainly mocked him to the Broncos, but uh, uh, he ends up going to Dallas. That passing attack, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Stevie Lamb, Amari Cooper. Uh, this is a this is and Dak is back. Um, Ezekiel Elliott back there. I mean, this is going to be one of the best offenses if uh, they all stay healthy there. Uh, I got that as a loss for the Broncos, Eric. I think that this is uh, that point of the season where you're like really nervous. And I think going on the road to to Dallas, uh, that's a tough place to play. And uh, I got the Broncos losing that. So, so we're both at both at five and four now here. Yes, we're both at five and four. The Broncos, uh, one more game before they're by back home against Philadelphia. Yeah, and I, I think that that's a game you can win. You need to win. Um, it kind of reminds me a few years ago, maybe three, if I'm remembering correctly, when the Broncos traded Demarius Thomas to the Texans and they, they hosted Houston right before the bye week. And it was kind of like a, you need this game to stay alive. Um, and they didn't, they weren't able to get it. I do think they get it this year, Phil, um, against, you know, whether it's Jalen Hurts or um, do they, they took a quarterback. Didn't they, Phil, at some point? Or am I misremembering? Uh, I don't think so. I think Jalen Hurts is they're all in on uh, Jalen Hurts there. Okay. So, I mean, I think that that's a guy that I think the Broncos can shut down. They, the Eagles don't – they don't scare me the same way that some of these other teams do. I do think the Broncos can can get a win there and kind of go into the bye week feeling a little bit better. You're at 6-4. and four, Maybe you're um, feeling like, okay, we've survived part of this stretch and, and can kind of move ahead. I agree. Yeah, they, that's an absolute must win. I think that they know that uh, the season is on the line at this point, and I think they come back home and get the win. Uh, they're, you know, uh, the defense hopefully is uh, uh, back, you know, after a tough game against the Cowboys. Um, I got I got it as a win, feeling good before the bye week here, um, and uh, they can, uh, you know, recoup and get ready for a, a tough final stretch of the season. The Broncos, uh, week 12, November 28th, after Thanksgiving. Hopefully they don't eat too much turkey. Uh, they're home against the Chargers, Eric. Yeah, and this is kind of where the season for me becomes interesting because at 6-4, and four, you've really got to probably go 5-2 and two over the final stretch to feel good about a playoff spot. You know, I would think 11-6 and six is probably good enough to get you in. Um, I don't know if 10 and seven will be, we're just gonna have to see kind of how that plays out. So, you know, a win over the chargers goes a long way toward putting you into that conversation. It'll be interesting to see how Justin Herbert's playing. If he takes the step, I think he's going to take, this just feels like a, a tough one to me. I think the chargers are a playoff team in 2021. I think the Broncos fall here to the chargers um, and drop to six and five. Uh, so I got this as a win for the Broncos. You're coming off of the bye week. You're staying at home. You should be ready to rock here. And, you know, that you mentioned Herbert. It's going to be interesting just with the coaching staff change there. You know, sometimes that can disrupt a quarterback's development. And, uh, you know, I think that he was in a good position there uh, with Anthony Lynn. And then now they're changing up a lot of stuff there. And I think the Broncos, uh, they beat the Chargers at home last year. Of course, it took a, a wild fourth quarter, but. I do think that they're going to be able to pull this one off. And so uh, let's see, that that's another difference for us there. I have the Broncos now at seven and four. You have them at six and five at this point. And uh, Eric, they go on the road always uh, annually now 
their hardest game of the season at the Chiefs December 5th. Yeah, and you know, I think there was a glimmer of hope there for a second that the Chiefs offensive line wasn't going to be great and that, you know, Mahomes was going to not have the protection he once had and that this this team could get after him. I do still think it'll be close, but I just think what I think three quarterbacks in Broncos history have won an arrowhead in December. It's just not something that has happened very much. Um, I think even if you keep this respectable, that's, that's what you need to do. And listen, I, I've said this a lot, Phil, as you try to get back to division contention, wildcard contention, you don't need to sweep the chiefs every year. If you can just split home and home, that's good enough. In my opinion, um, I think the chiefs take this one. Me too, because I, I guess I'm just at the point now where I cannot predict a Broncos win in Arrowhead unless I see it first. I mean, that's just the, that's just how it's it's come now. So I, I, I think it's a, you have a tough time seeing the Broncos do that until they do it. Then we can start talking about this as a, as a legitimate back and forth here. And you're right, Eric. I think it's John Elway, Peyton Manning, and Kyle Orton uh, are the quarterbacks that have won there in Kansas City. I'm pretty sure that's the, the three quarterbacks. So. Uh, Eric, the Broncos uh, then return home and face the Lions. That's part of that uh, NFC-AFC matchup with the additional game for the season of the Broncos uh, hosting the Lions on December 12th. Yeah, and this is you know where the schedule benefits you. Where being in fourth place a year ago, you get to play the fourth place team from the NFC North. Um, I think the Lions are still a little bit away. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Jared Goff there. Um, but I don't get the sense that this is going to be a great football team in 2021. I think the Broncos kind of come back, handle that one pretty easily, keep themselves alive. I've got them at seven and six after that game. I think that uh, that's one you can count on and you need to count on being a win. If, if, if you can't win that one, um, you know, you're probably not at six and six at this point. It's probably a, you know, indication that things have not gone well prior to that game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of change there uh, in uh, Detroit. Of course, uh, Matthew Stafford uh, now in L.A. See how Goff, see how things go there with Jared Goff. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's at this point of the schedule, it's harder to predict like what's going to be happening. You know, these teams are going to be vastly different in, at the start of December here than they are at the start of the season. Certainly way different than they just appear on paper, which is how we're doing this, but I think that the Broncos uh, have enough firepower to uh, to get a win there against the Lions, um, and they stay at home and uh, host the Bengals the next week. Yep, and this is another game, you know, we don't know quite what to expect from the Bengals. I think this could be a, a trickier game than you think. Uh, the AFC North, I think, Phil, is shaping up to be a good division. Um, Joe Burrow, we'll see how he comes back, how he plays in year two, but I think the Broncos at home find a way to get this done, but you know, the, the Bengals could be kind of in that same six ish win category. And maybe this is a more appealing game than we kind of think at this time. Um, I wouldn't necessarily uh, call this a guaranteed win, but I, I do think the Broncos find a way to get it done. Yeah. The Bengals have added, uh, you know, they've got a nice little wide receiver core there now to, for Joe Burrow. If he can stay healthy, uh, you know, that's a big question mark there in Cincinnati. No offense alignment uh, uh, early in the draft there. So now you hope that Burrow can stay healthy. But I think the Broncos, uh, if they want to make the playoffs, I mean, these are the games that they got to win. Home games, uh, back-to-back weeks versus the Lions and Bengals. And I think that the Broncos 
get the win there. And then they enter this stretch where I think both of us assume that the season's hanging in the balance here with this next three-game stretch on the road at Las Vegas, a place where the Broncos probably played their worst game of the season last year. Yeah, so I've got them still at eight and six right now. Um, I believe you have them at nine and five, if that's correct. Huh? Um, man, this this Raiders game to me, I think, kind of defines the season, determines whether or not you head or whether you're in playoff contention going down the stretch. Um, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I'll lean toward a win today. Um, Today? Just because I think that um, if you're eight and six at this point, you know, if you've won these games, I think that's shown that this team has grown up. It's shown that they've got decent quarterback play. Um, and listen, the Broncos have had some close games on the road against the Raiders. They haven't necessarily uh, converted any of them since I believe 2015, I think was the last time they won on the road. But something that could help here, Phil, is that they're kind of expecting Vegas to be like the Chargers used to be. And so I do think there's a, a chance that there are a lot of Broncos fans at this game. Maybe that helps swing things in their favor. And we'll say that they get a win, but this this is a tough one for me to to predict here. Yeah, this is a, a really tough game because I think just if you look at them on paper, you'd probably say, okay, this is a split. You know, and I think that's the way that I'm going to go is the Broncos and Raiders probably a split, you know, uh, uh, always hard to win on the road in the division. And so uh, I got this as a loss, Eric. Um, and uh, uh, now we're both what uh, at uh, nine and six. And I think that that's probably a fair place to say the Broncos are right now. I mean, uh, uh, I, I think anything more than that, you're just a little bit of a stretch at that point, I guess. So um, I'm going to give them the loss there. And then uh, to me, this is where I think that this is the like a, essentially a playoff game for the Broncos. January 2nd, on the road, at L.A., uh, facing the Chargers. Yeah, no, I agree. I think anything uh, less than 10 wins, you're not going to even have a chance to get in. Um, and you probably need 11, I think. So you're going to be looking at both of these as playoff games. I just feel, I, like you said before, with winning in Kansas City, I've got to see that the Broncos can win some of these games before I kind of commit to that. I, I unfortunately... I'm not sure they're going to go on the road and win against the Chargers. Okay. I see. I see. So you got them at the last there. So you got them at uh, nine and seven at this point. I'm going to say this is a win, Eric, because this is the game where this is a game where you're like, okay, it's either time to, to, to get it done or no. And I, I think they do. I think they find a way to just maybe fall. Like, this might be one of the crazier games, or like this might be the one where it comes right down to a wire or something like that, where you're just like, okay, is it time for this team to take that step? This is one of those challenge games. And uh, I think the Broncos get it done. Uh, I like to be optimistic at this point, Eric. Uh, and uh, I will say, uh, using the same logic I did against the Raiders, they probably feel like a split. The Chargers probably feel like a split, but. Uh, I'm going to, I don't know, I, I just feel good about a big game like that in, in, in January. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I'm just going to say it's a win. Well, and, you know, we'll have to see who stays healthy. That's a big part of it. But, um, 
know, the Broncos probably didn't deserve to win their first game against the Chargers last year with that giant comeback, but they probably deserved to win the second one. You know, if Jerry Judy had made a couple more catches, that game was the Broncos for the taking. And so we know that the Broncos are capable of going on the road and beating the Chargers. I don't think it's the task, or I don't think it's, you know, the, the crazy ask that going to Arrowhead is by any means. Um, but I do, I do think it's quite possible that whoever wins that game could be the, the seventh playoff team. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. Like that one, that one seems like, okay, the wild card is on the line. You know, you want to, you want to take that step and be in the playoffs. I feel like that's going to be that type of a game. Like, Hey, winner, winners going to the playoffs, losers, you know, uh, staying home. I feel it's kind of feel like that, that type of a game to, in my, you know, and uh, certainly it would be awesome for the Broncos to be in that position. You know, but some of this is hard because just like, I think that, we both tend to say we want the Broncos to uh, be in that type of a position. And obviously uh, we might have a little bit of a bias here uh, to say that the Broncos will be in a position like that, considering what's happened the last couple of years. But I mean, when you just look on paper, this Broncos team should be in that type of a position, you know, like they've got a, a probably a top three defense and the offense certainly has the playmakers. So, I think that it's no stretch to be like the Broncos might be one of those teams where they are the surprise, you know, uh, next season where a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a long time, they could be that team that makes a jump this year. And certainly if they're 10 and six or nine and seven at this point, you know, you, you would consider that uh, pretty good coming back home, facing the chiefs to wrap things up. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, for you, if they win this game, um, they're probably going to the playoffs. I, I just um, it, this is tougher for me actually than the game at the Chargers. I think the Broncos have a better chance at home beating the Chiefs. They've shown that they've been close the last few years. There is that chance that the Chiefs have things wrapped up. Um, I think that to go from five wins to nine wins is a big step, and I, I'm just unsure the Broncos are going to take that final push over. I, I think this could end in a loss and. Um, and have them finish at nine and eight for the season, the first winning season since 2016, which is no um, kind of shabby attempt. Like it's moving in the right direction, but obviously not, not quite accomplishing the ultimate goal there of getting back to the postseason. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's a loss unless that things maybe that maybe it's not wrapped up, but maybe it's like, Hey, the, a win or a loss won't change anything for them. You know what I mean? Like maybe they got the division wrapped up and maybe the Browns have already secured that first round by if it's that situation, I think then the Broncos luck, luck into a win. But um, I think until they do it, you just can't give them the win. I mean, especially if the chiefs have anything to play for, then they're going to be giving it their all. Um, and so, I think that that's a loss. So I'll say 10 and seven for the Broncos. You say nine and eight. And uh, yeah, I mean, a four game jump for you, a five game jump for me. I think that that would be a tremendous season. I don't know, maybe 10 and seven is enough to, to get one of those final spots. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell with 17 games exactly where that line's going to be because I think 10 wins in a, in a previous life would have been enough, especially with seven playoff teams. But now ten and seven, maybe maybe not quite enough, but I I don't know. What would you say? A, a success or no, Eric? There. Yeah, you know, I think that it shows movement forward. I think it shows that this young team is growing up. Um, 
at the same time, Phil, I'm not sure if you go nine and eight, 10 and seven, if, you know, maybe 10 and seven, and it sounds crazy with just one game of difference, but not sure if it ends with questions about the quarterback position or if those continue. I think that depends, you know, how whoever wins the job plays. Like if, if Drew wins it and plays really well and then gets hurt toward the end and, you know, they're unable to win with Teddy, then maybe that, maybe that's a different situation than some other hypothetical. Um, but it's probably enough to, to justify, you know, continuing forward on the same path. I think it shows that another good draft class could help you out even more. Um, it's kind of that, that uncomfortable middle ground where you want to be just a little bit better and kind of see how you stack up against these elite teams. And so the, the other thing is that say you go nine and eight or, or 10 and seven, but you split against the chiefs or you're able to beat a Ravens team. That's really good. And your loss comes somewhere else. To me, that that says, hey, like we're we're competing against these good teams, which the last few years Broncos have struggled to be competitive against the NFL's elite team. So maybe if you show a little bit of that combined with that record, it, it feels a little bit better. But the only other thing to me is you've only got these guys. You've got a talented young team, but you've only got Cortland Sutton and Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and all those guys. You've only got them on rookie contracts for so long. So you need to make the most of those opportunities and. Uh, I think people would be buzzing for 2022 and, and ready to get to it immediately. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, you don't want to be stuck in that purgatory where you're good, but like, you're not good enough. You know, that's probably like the worst place to be is like right there in the middle. I think if the Broncos can somehow squeak into the playoffs with this, then that would be a home run success. I mean, any type of a playoff appearance, I think would be really, really positive and just give such a boost for, fans and for people inside the building here and i think that that would just really go a long way for morale and you'd be feeling really good even if it was just a one and done situation just to be in the tournament and and uh feeling like things are really headed on the right direction here and that this formula is working you know like uh, i think you're talking you say stick on the path that's big you know to just have sort of be like we're on the right road here i think that that's a uh, that would be really good but if you one or two games here or there could make the difference and if you're just missing out then you kind of feel bad because then you're like well we're not in the position where we're going to get a crazy draft pick to make a big difference but we're not we're not really that bad where we need to do an overhaul you know it's just like a tough tough spot to be if you're right there so you know who knows i mean the, the margins in the nfl are razor thin so uh, we'll see what happens yeah and i'll just to kind of revisit the playoff thing from a second ago, last year the Dolphins missed the playoffs with ten wins, but no one else in the in the AFC below them they were the seven or excuse me the eight seed. Nobody below them had even nine wins. And then you look at the NFC, the Bears made the playoffs at eight and eight. So it, it does just kind of depend from year to year what happens. I mean, it's possible the Broncos could win eleven games and miss out if the rest of the AFC is really strong, and it's possible they could go nine and eight and sneak in. We've seen that happen uh, in the NFC of late more than more than the AFC. But I mean, it, it's kind of like Phil Howe in, in past years. Sometimes nine and seven gets it done. A lot of the times, ten and six gets it done. Eleven and five always gets it done. And so, you know, what what is that new line? It'll be interesting to watch. But I think anything with a winning record, you've got to consider to be a step in the in the right direction. Yeah. But maybe not enough to feel really good, you know, especially 
just missed out. So, but yes, I think most people would look at that and be like, wow, 10 or nine wins, that would be really a, a heck of a jump. And uh, I think you'd have to feel good about that, but you want that playoff taste. You just want to feel that energy a little bit. And uh, I think that would be great for the Broncos. The AFC is really loaded. I mean, this is a, this is going to be really a, a difficult conference. You know, you think about what the Bills did last year. You think about the Browns taking a big step uh, with the additions they've made. You got the Chiefs here and, you know, the Colts are always going to be, you know, in the mix there in the South. So uh, this is going to be a tough division. Titans have been uh, knocking on the door, you know, of late. And, you know, the Patriots are always going to be there. The Dolphins have uh, made a lot of moves. So, it's it's always going to be tough. You got Herbert heading into his second year. Like there's just a lot of tough competition, and uh, you know that's the way the NFL is. But the one thing that's great about the NFL is that when the schedule comes out or it's the start of the season, you always feel some optimism. You can't really say that in other sports, but I think that you can say that definitely in the NFL. That you know most teams have an opportunity to be having this type of conversation. Yeah, and I just want to say that as I went through this exercise, I was kind of reserved here. You know, I think that there's a way to look at this schedule and see 11 or 12 wins if things go right, you know? So I wouldn't say that, you know, they're definitely destined for nine wins. They could have more. And, you know, the way we've seen things the last couple of years, if, if there are injuries or, you know, you don't handle it in the game situations well or, or whatever it is, you could have less. And so um, we'll just have to see. That's part of the, part of the fun of it, Phil, is you get to see it all play out but for now you get to prognosticate a little bit exactly you don't want to be labeled a homer eric you know this right. is neutral zone that's what we do you know neutral zone i always exactly. uh, when the schedule comes out i always think about what mr b used to say he's just we're going to win all of them you know yeah. I, I always love that and you know some years woody page would would predict that too he'd be like okay 16 and oh so <laughs> always a fun day when the schedule comes out eric uh let's wrap up the show here uh, you got any shout outs anything like that you want anybody you want to highlight eric yeah uh so i think we can reveal this but very very special weekend for our friend and neutral zone listener liz manis i think getting, that's safe to reveal it yeah yeah uh gonna do a zoom gonna do a nice no. little zoom uh, uh no, this just kidding. No, uh, our friend Liz Manis is getting married. Congratulations to her, her new husband, Blair. We're very excited for them here at the Neutral Zone. Um, I think all of Neutral Zone Nation sends their best wishes. Yes, most definitely. Uh, happy cordials and nuptials. You know, uh, uh, that's, what, uh, I think that's what we want to wish out there. And uh, yes, congratulations to Liz. I think uh, very uh, well-deserved some time off here after a lot of Zooming. I've got get a chance to uh, celebrate uh, uh, her marriage. So yes, congratulations to Liz. I think that maybe just one shout out, you know, considering. Yeah. That. Yeah. Hard to top that really. Hard to, hard to top getting married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Erica, then let's wrap up the show here. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about who knows what uh, Ricky mini camp coming up here for the Broncos. So, uh, our first time getting to see some of these new guys in uniform. Maybe uh, we'll uh, touch on that and uh, plenty of other things too. But uh, this is a, an exciting day to just focus on the schedule. So uh, if you'd like to uh, let us know what you think, there's several ways you can get involved with the show 707 Neutral. You could leave a voicemail. We'll play that on the air. What do you think of uh, our predictions here? 10 and 7 for me, 9 and 8. 
were we spot on? I think is probably what most of you will say, but uh, if you happen to disagree, let us know. Uh, you could also uh, leave an email, right, Eric? That's right, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Yeah. Or also just blast us on Twitter, at Eric Delala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. Non-traditional spellings, but hopefully you'll still be able to find us there. Um, or you could just leave a comment below here on uh, the YouTube page. So, Eric, what did you think of the way the Broncos announced uh, the schedule? The schedule was? Anytime you get Peyton Manning involved, Phil, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. He's just, there's something about his timing, you know, that very funny, you know, yes. but just his mannerism, his characteristics, you know, the way he just sort of pauses, it just makes you chuckle. He's, he's like nobody else. Yes. We were lucky to have uh, spent some time around him. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot of Peyton Manning here in a, in a couple of months. So. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. But until then, for Eric Galala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to The Neutral Zone.